welcome to today's lesson. I am your presenter, Ardine Reed Virtue, and today we'll be focusing on persuasive writing, more specifically, the introductory paragraph. Now let's look at some of the objectives extracted from the CSEC syllabus. At the end of your focusing on persuasive writing, these are some of the skills that you would have developed over time. You should be able to evaluate the effectiveness of language devices used to persuade, demonstrate the ability to employ, wherever necessary, a range of argumentative techniques for emotional impact. Present a logical argument using justifiable techniques related to sound oral and written debate. Finally, communicate personal opinion clearly and cogently, which persuades or dissuades effectively. And when we look at the final objective, we realize the necessity for transitional words and phrases. I'm sure you remember those. Now for our particular focus for today, at the end of this lesson, what would you have left with? Well, we're going to review what is persuasive writing, explain the parts of the introductory paragraph, explain the parts of a sample introductory paragraph, as well as at the end, you will be applying the information you would have learned to writing your own introductory paragraph. I'm sensing excitement. Okay, let us recapitulate what you already know about persuasive writing. This is your task. Identify which of the following does not identify a feature of persuasive writing. Is it A, seeks to convince its readers to embrace the point of view presented? Hmm. Or B, it provides entertainment. Everybody loves that. But does persuasive writing accomplish entertainment? Ha. Let's see. C, appeals to the audience's reason and understanding through argument. Are we getting warm here? Or gives information. Which one do you think is out? Take a second to think. Okay, let's take a look at what the response is. If you selected B, you are absolutely correct. The purpose of a persuasive piece does not include providing entertainment, though we love that. Now, some of you may have been considering it gives information. Well, a persuasive piece does give information, but it is different from an informational piece, which primarily focuses on explaining ideas. But like I said, you can also find factual details embedded within the persuasive writing. Let's look at some persuasive genres. How do we encounter persuasion every day? Radio and television commercials, junk mail, maybe in your email or your mailbox, Letters to the editor, magazine advertisements, college brochures. Can you think of other contexts in which you've heard the language of persuasion? Maybe in our parliamentarian speeches sometimes. I think so too. Now let us move on to looking at the functions of the introductory paragraph. And based on what you've learned, what are some of the functions that come to your mind? For one, it should capture the reader's attention by sparking interest. Two, it gives your reader an overview of the essay's focus. And three, it provides the reader with a clear indication of your point of view stance on the issue. Meaning, do you agree or disagree with the argument? Or do you agree to a particular extent? Stay with me. We're going to take a short break, but we'll continue right after this. 
Welcome back to today's lesson. I am your presenter, Ardine Reed Virtue, and we are focusing on persuasive writing, more specifically, the introductory paragraph. Now, let's look at parts of the paragraph. Do you know what the parts are? I think you do. First part, we have the hook. Just like a fisherman, we're going to catch some people's attention. Yes. We have the transitional sentence, and you'll be learning about how this particular sentence functions as a bridge. Then there is the background information. We need to have some context about what we're talking about. And finally, in the introductory paragraph, we have the thesis statement. Now let's look at each. What is the hook? You might know the hook as the attention grabber. It is that first statement, sentence, that rarely seeks to captivate your reader's interest. It may be in the form of one of the following. It may be an unusual detail, strong statement, quotation, anecdote, statistics or fact, question, exaggeration, headline probably from a newspaper, emotional appeal, question, and there are others. I am sure you have your list in mind. True or false? Hmm. All persuasive essays must begin with a hook. What do you think? Is it true or is it false? Must is the operative word. Let's see. Well, if you answered false to must, then you are absolutely correct. It is optional, but very advisable. In fact, there are some writers who do not always begin their introduction with a hook, but are still quite able to capture the reader's attention through their use of language and fusion of techniques in other parts of the paragraph. However, including a strong hook is a very good way to immediately garner the interest in your writing. So when you're writing, try to come up with hooks that will make your writing captivating, interesting. Now let's look at how you go about using and selecting hooks for your introductory paragraph. You should select hooks that are relevant to your point of view on the issue. So if you're agreeing with a situation, which hook will best help you to convey your agreement? Or if you're disagreeing, which hook should be the most suitable that you select? A hook should be very strong. You should not ask questions, for example, that merely require a yes or no response. You should have a question that really causes your readers to ponder the issue under discussion. Also, your hook should be jarring. It, sometimes it is information that is very alarming, something that your readers probably were not aware of, but because you've selected this particular information, it really has them focusing on the seriousness or gravity of the conversation, otherwise called your argument. Finally, you should also select hooks that are quite interesting. After all, remember the purpose is to captivate your reader's attention prompt them to read further in your essay. Now I have a task for you. Look at this question. The government should dictate the composition of a diet. 
Now remember when the government of Jamaica came out and they said, you know what? Jamaicans are consuming too many sugary products and we need to do something about it. Do you remember the advertisement? Are you drinking yourself to death? Hmm. Yes. It came as a result of the fact that we weren't eating or consuming as much healthy foods. And so the government thought we need to do something to help Jamaicans to eat more healthily. Now, for someone who is arguing against the government dictating the composition of our diet, meaning they are disagreeing with the statement, you might not want to use a hook that gives statistics for the number of deaths from diabetes per year, because that hook would not be relevant to your focus or your point of view on the issue because you are disagreeing and telling us the number of persons who have died from diabetes really seeks to counteract your case. You see what I mean? Now let's look at this example of statistics. In 2016, 1.6 million people died from diabetes. And this is evidence taken from the World Health Organization that captures a global situation, re-diabetes. Look at it. It does not help an advocacy against the statement, does it? No. Another task for you. Since the one I gave with the statistics isn't a relevant one for the opposing point of view, can you think of a hook that would be more relevant for the opposing point of view? I'll give you a few seconds to think. Okay. Of the types of hooks, which one did you use? Did you come up with an anecdote, a question? Or did you think of a quotation that you could use? Whatever the case, test it to see if it works for the opposing point of view. Now, I have an example or I have three examples of hooks, and I want you to look at them and decide which is the strongest hook and think about the justification for your selection. So why have you selected what you have chosen? Let's investigate. Do you think this is the strongest? Do you think the government should tell us what we ought to eat? Or is it number two? Have you noticed that the government has devised yet another scheme to control citizens by dictating what we eat? Or is it three? Should you have power to choose what you eat? Take a moment to look at all three and decide which one is the strongest hook. Okay, I am sensing that probably some of you thought, you know, number one couldn't work because it just requires a yes or no response. Let's look at number one. Do you think the government should tell us what we ought to eat? Some people will say yes. Some people will say no. But it, is it really requiring your readers to delve into deep thinking about the issue under discussion or argument? Hmm. Let's look at three. Some of you may have selected that one. Should you have power to choose what you eat? Hmm. Maybe you, you answered yes or no, but then some people might have taken it a bit further because then you are settled on the word power 
And then you begin to think, why should I hand over my power to the government when I am the one who is responsible for my life in that regard? I should determine what I should eat. Hmm. Or let's look at two. Have you noticed that the government has devised yet another scheme to control citizens by dictating what we eat? I particularly like this one. I wonder how many of you selected number two. I think we are thinking alike. Look at it. Isn't it very controversial? The phrase that says, devised yet another scheme. It brings other implementations in mind and we're beginning to scrutinize the government. Are we considering any of the conspiracy stories going around? This one really has us thinking. And I think of the three, it is the strongest. Now let's look at the second part of the introductory paragraph, the transitional sentence. It is also called a bridge. It explains the hook further clarifies the relevance of the hook to the writer's point of view, prevents the hook from hanging, and it prevents the creation of a gap between the hook and the background information. Now let me further explain these. When you have your hook, whether it be an anecdote or a question, you should have a transitional sentence that makes reference to the hook, explains what this hook is saying. If you leave it there, and immediately go into your background information. There will be a gap between your hook and your background information. So like I said, you need to think of your transitional sentence as a bridge, meaning you are forming a relationship between your hook and your background information, and thereby making your hook quite relevant to your stance on the issue. I hope that is clear for you. Now let's look at a transitional sentence. I am looking at the proposing side of the debate now, meaning this argument is coming from someone who agrees that the government should tell us what to eat or should dictate the composition of our diet. So remember our hook that I gave you that was not relevant for the opposing point of view, the statistics, well, it helps the proposing point of view on the issue. So let us look at how we transition from this hook. In 2016, 1.6 million people died from diabetes. This, among other lifestyle diseases, has been taking the lives of far too many people. Hence, immediate attention must be given to the food we consume. Now the first sentence, like I said, is your hook. And the second sentence is your transitional sentence, meaning I am explaining that diabetes is not the only lifestyle diseases, there are others. And as a result of this, I am agreeing that there must be an immediate attention taken or given to the issue. So, the statistics does help the proposing view. Let's take another break, but don't forget to join me right after as we continue to focus on persuasive writing.
persuasive writing and we're focusing on the introductory paragraph. Do you remember what we have spoken about so far? What are the parts of the introductory paragraph that we've examined? Yes, the hook, the transitional sentence, and the background information. Now I have a task for you to do. Put the following sentences in the correct order. These are the sentences. In an effort to address this unfavorable situation, Dr. Christopher Tufton, Minister of Health, has implemented measures such as the banning of beverages with high sugar content from being sold in schools. Next sentence. For the past two years, Jamaica has been paying special attention to the amount of sugar we consume. And the third sentence. This came as a result of the realization that many citizens have been consuming an unhealthy amount of foods and beverages with high sugar content, which is causing persons to suffer from diseases, and many have lost their lives. Remember, we spoke about cogency and transitioning. These sentences are not in a sequence, so I want you to decide how we should reorganize this background information to ensure that it flows. I give you a minute to think about it. Let's see what you have decided. Now, if you decided to put this sentence as your first, then you are indeed correct. And this sentence is, for the past two years, Jamaica has been paying special attention to the amount of sugar we consume. Let's look at the entire paragraph here. For the past two years, Jamaica has been paying special attention to the amount of sugar we consume. This came as a result of the realization that many citizens have been consuming an unhealthy amount of foods and beverages with high sugar content, which is causing persons to suffer from diseases and many have lost their lives. In an effort to address this unfavorable situation, Dr. Christopher Tufton, Minister of Health, has implemented measures such as the banning of beverages with high sugar content from being sold in schools. Let us look at how we transition from one sentence to the next. Sentence one gives you the historical context of why we have been paying attention to what we consume. Then we looked at sentence two which tells us the reason we are now having challenges with health issues. Sentence three gives us an idea of some of the implementations that the government has effected in treating with the situation of eating unhealthy food. So we do see how we transition from one sentence to the next. How they were placed formally certainly does not present a logical transitioning from one idea to the next. So I reiterate, when you're writing your background information, remember, think and write fluently and logically. Okay, let us look at another debatable topic. What is the background information for the following issue? Parents should be held responsible for children who fall victims of human trafficking. For those of us who have been paying attention to the news, do we realize that on a nightly basis we have some pictures of children going missing? 
parents are weeping because they cannot find their children. Hmm. It is indeed a current concern. That's a part of the background issue. Do you know anything else that we could add in creating our background for introductory paragraph? Consider it. All right. Now that you have formulated your thoughts about it based on what you are aware of, now we're going to look at the thesis statement, final part of the introductory paragraph, and it is one of the most important features of it. Do you remember what it is? Well, let me give you some reminders. It is the driver of your essay, meaning it controls how we move through the information and your argument. It is the focus, yes? It also tells your point of view, your stance or opinion on the issue, meaning do you agree or disagree? You put that in your thesis statement. It may even specifically state the degree of your agreement or disagreement. So there may be an issue where to a certain extent you agree, but to another extent you disagree with it. So when you look at your questions on your paper, you have to decide what exactly the question is asking you. Should you take a definitive stance, meaning you must agree or disagree, or does the question require you to agree to, a, to an extent or disagree to a particular extent? You need to ensure that you interpret the questions when you get them. Also, your thesis statement captures the three main points you will use to argue your essay. Remember that when you transition to your body paragraphs, you usually have three main body paragraphs, and each body paragraph should focus on a different point. So when you have your three points in your thesis statements, then it is easier for you to recall what you need to discuss in each body paragraph. Let's look at a sample thesis statement. Consequent to the failure of many to eat healthily, I support the government's proposition to regulate what we consume because it would force citizens to make better health choices, lessen the number of persons who suffer from lifestyle diseases, and it would decrease the burden placed on health system to treat illnesses. Which side of the argument is this writer on? Is the person agreeing or disagreeing? And which word tells you that? Yes, the person is agreeing with the statement. And we see the word proposition. Now see if you can locate the three points that this writer will use to support his or her argument. What's the first one? Well, citizens will be forced to make better health choices, yes? The second, lessen the number of persons who suffer from lifestyle diseases. And what's the third? I hear you, and you're correct. It would decrease the burden placed on health system to treat illnesses. Very clear, and it gets to the point. Notice that sometimes you may need to use transitional expressions, like I've said before, to smoothly move from your background to your thesis statement. Where is the transitional expression in this example? Yes, we started by saying consequent to, meaning I am creating a relationship between what was said prior in your background information to the thesis statement. Now let's look at some examples of other signal expressions you could use to express your point of view. So instead of saying, I agree or disagree, 
or I believe, you could also say, I am in opposition to, or I too advocate for. Another option is, it is my opinion that, or I stand in contradiction to, and there are others. Just ensure that your expressions do not become repetitive, because sometimes repetitive causes monotone and boredom. Make your writing interesting. Now let's look at some general reminders. There is no rule that your thesis statement should be the final sentence in your introductory paragraph, but we advise you to put it there. Why? Sometimes when students are writing their essays, especially under exam conditions, you might get nervous. Forget what you are writing about. What should I be transitioning to? Where are my points? All right, keep calm. Don't panic. Remember your thesis statement that you placed at the end of your introductory paragraph? Look at it. It will remind you of your points. Sometimes when you place it in the middle of the introductory paragraph, it causes you to search. But when it's the final sentence, you remember exactly where to go to consult, right? I think it's a good idea. But if you are an excellent writer and you keep calm, then you might decide to put it in the middle of your paragraph because it will be easy for you to relocate it. That's fine. Let's look at another reminder. Remember, you are writing a persuasive essay. Therefore, despite your including the three main points in your thesis statement, do not transition to your body paragraph with a tone that befits an expository essay. Remember that an expository essay primarily explains information. It gives facts. It does not include your opinion. So your tone should be convincing when you are writing a persuasive essay. Let's look at examples. Which of the following conveys a persuasive tone? Number one. There are many benefits to be garnered from healthy eating, such as your feeling more energetic and possibly adding years to your life. Does it sound persuasive? Does it sound argumentative? Is it creating any opinion? Hmm. Let's look at number two. Have you stopped to think of how you use your teeth to dig your grave by consuming unhealthy foods? Many Jamaicans have been slowly killing themselves, and that is why the government should help to ensure we consume foods that contain nutritional benefits. Which one is more persuasive? I agree with you. Number two. And number two includes techniques. Maybe you only saw one. Which one did you see? Yes, our wonderful question. And I know many of you love to use the questions, all right? But apart from the question, hmm, do you see any other technique? Well, for all the bright sparks out there, look at it. You can figure it out. Excellent, I hear a bright student somewhere in Jamaica saying, I see metaphor. Yes, embedded in the question, we realize that the act of eating is being directly compared to the action of digging a grave. So whilst it is that I am still conveying benefits of eating healthy, I am achieving that very same thing in a different way. Meaning, if we do not use our teeth to dig our graves by eating unhealthily, we will live longer. See that? Yes. 
So make sure you use your persuasive techniques in helping you to create your very powerful and convincing tone. Now my final task for you today. You have learned a lot and you have reinforced some of the things your teachers have been ably teaching you, right? I know. You're going to apply all that we have gone through to writing your own introductory paragraph. So remember the conversation about whether or not parents should be held responsible for children who fall victims of human trafficking? Yes. If you aren't keeping abreast of the news, you need to do some research to become aware. You're going to write your introductory paragraph. Remind us. You need to first decide if you agree or disagree with the issue. Then you select a relevant hook. Remember, it should be strong and interesting. Don't forget your transitional sentence. You don't want to have your hook hanging there in the atmosphere. Then you also develop your background information. And finally, create your thesis statement, which contains your three points that you will discuss in your body paragraph. And remember to clearly state which side of the argument you are on. You've been so diligent with staying with me for this lesson. Practice. Practice, practice. If you love math but not English, ha, practice is still needed in writing your essays. The same way you perfect your working out those equations. And do not forget, have some fun with writing. It does not need to be boring. Relax and get creative. <laughs>